0: It is good to see you, welcome. If you're, if you're joining us online, hello and welcome to you. We are blessed because of you and, and we pray that you have a blessing in today's service. Today's Communion Sunday, uh, you might see the elements up here, we'll partake a little later. If you're at home, feel free and get your elements ready uh, for after the sermon. We will we will bless them through the interwebs and, and, and that'll be that. Uh, New Year, maybe this is a New Year's resolution for you. Uh, come to church more often, or something like that. If, if that's if that's you, uh, tell you what, um, resolutions go well if you have a partner. And uh, if you're here, I'll be here. I'll make that deal. How's that? Uh, although I can't say that all the time. I wasn't here last week. Uh, we were in Bend for about four days. We went to go sledding and all the snow. And Bend, Oregon had no snow <laughs> over New Year's. Uh, we, we went to church. We tried to go to church at, um, Bend United Methodist Church. We looked online that morning, click, 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 uh, 10 o'clock service, but it's not a service. They were doing a brunch, bring your favorite breakfast. We'll meet in their family life center sort of building. And so we thought, well, let's just watch us. So we, uh, uh, thank you, Jen, for leading the service for your sermon and for the shout out. Well, I was watching, uh, and for all of you who came to the one service, we we appreciate you. Um, t- let me let me uh, let me tell the story, then I'll kick it kick it over her. I always I always like to share uplifting things or things that make me smile during the week. Uh, hopefully, this won't break any any sort of laws. Uh, that's a weird way to start a story, right? All right. So uh, we pastors, if someone's out of town, we call each other and say, Hey, can you cover for me while I'm gone? Just in case something blows up, a hospital or is mm, uh, something big. And so I was, I was covering for someone back west, about 20, 30 miles. Uh, and they had a, they had a hospital. Uh, someone go to the hospital and wanted a pastoral visit. So I go in and uh, the guy's got stomach cancer. Uh, he's about 80 some years old. And uh, he'd been married to his wife for about 60 years. And so I go in, and, and I won't say his name, but uh, I'll call him Gary. Uh, Gary hadn't talked for two to three days, all medicated up and doing their stuff. So I'm talking to the missus, and uh, she goes, uh, we decided, uh, after our visit, she goes, we decided to fight. We're going to fight this. We're going to do all the treatments. We're going to do what we can. And so we're, we're doing a closing prayer thing. And I got his hand, and she's got his hand on the other side of the, of the hospital bed. And again, he hadn't, he hadn't spoken in three three days. His eyes are kind of closed. He's kind of there, but he's... And she goes, but we're going to fight. We're going to fight this. And I said, Gary, Gary, are you a fighter? And he went like this. No. And my heart sank a little, like, oh. And he kind of g- gave me a squeeze. So I leaned in. He goes, I'm a lover. <laughs> and he grabbed his wife's hand more okay thank god <laughs> you, you can be both be both be a little over so gary you know your what your name is if you're watching god bless you and and i hope it all goes well uh on that happy note what's going on in the life of the church well i'm going to start by directing you to the back of your bulletins
1: uh for the announcements we got some activities that are coming up days for girls we're going to have another blood drive A Ladies' Night Out, Warm Heart Wednesdays are starting up again this week. We have some new classes that will be beginning uh, tomorrow, actually. Tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, we're going to have a spiritual formation class that is designed to run run alongside the sermon series that you're starting today. Uh, So it's open for anyone that would like to attend tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. We'll begin with meditation. And uh, tomorrow evening, we're going to be kicking off our first ladies' study of the new year. It'll be on Zoom from 6.30 to 7.30. If you would like to participate, ladies, Um, you're more than welcome to join us online for that. We also have a new group that's starting off this year. It's called the Sandwich Generation. And I'd like to invite Lisa up to tell us a little bit more about that.
0: These are people who love sandwiches. Yeah. Is that right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you like sandwiches, come to the class. <laughs> uh, my name is Lisa Grafsma, and I am going to be leading a class called The Sandwich Generation. I'm going to be using this book as my guide. It will be a five-week class. It's going to start this Wednesday from 6.30 to 7.30 in the evening. It'll be at the in the FLC over there, room number two. And the Sandwich Generation is designed for people who are caring for an elderly parent as well as caring for a child, either that you know elementary kid, college kid, grandkid. And you would be the Sandwich Generation because you are, you are in between the two generations and caring for them. So um, I hope that you can come to my class this Wednesday. And that's it. <laughs> Thank right.
0: you. Thank you. So those who are sandwiched between the two generations. Ah, there you go. There you go. Uh, this, so I'm kind of in there a little bit. I got you know kids and, and my parent, my my mom, she's still active. She does everything, but she's at an age. This is horrible. Her this is this is. I hope she's not watching right now. For her birthday in January, we are we we are getting her a will. Is that a bad gift? That's a bad gift, isn't it? A will. The last will she had was 1980. It doesn't have the two. Have, there's four kids. There's two of us that aren't in the will. That aren't named in the will. And I tell my brother who's 40, hey, if she dies, you have to go live with Willard, our neighbor, because that's who's in the will. <laughs> so it's time to update this. And that's uh, uh, it's a bad gift, isn't it? Maybe I'll do something different. And flowers. Will, no, that sounds bad, too. I've got to think about this. All right. All right. I'll, I'll work on that. Let's, I'm going to call an audible in, the, in your bulletin that says pastoral prayer pretty soon. I'm going to kick that to the end. It'll be at the end of the sermon. It'll make sense when I get to it. Uh, when I wrote the sermon, I thought this would be a good way to end it. So uh, we'll, we'll do that. Let's stand and sing. I've been talking too much. I Surrender All by Carrie Underwood's version. E Some of our folk who go to this service were at the first one because they had things to do afterwards, but it's good to have you with us today. As you look around the sanctuary, it still looks like Christmas, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we're just being lazy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Do you still have any Christmas stuff up at your house? Nope. Nope. Anyone still got a tree? Anyone still got a tree? Oh, tree? Two trees? Three. Yeah. Uh... My, my mom, Christmas day, it was gone by, by time. She's one of those people. We, we keep it up until it starts falling down. And then we get the real trees uh, when the vacuum can't get it anymore. We have to clean it up. Uh, but yeah, we're not just being lazy. There's a thing called the 12 days of Christmas. Have you ever heard that song before? On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Yeah, partridge in a pear tree. We're not going to sing the song because we have only one hour of service. <laughs> Takes forever. St- uh, second day of Christmas, band help me out. Two turtle doves. All right, we're staying, staying with the bird theme. Third, third Sunday is three French hens. That's that's nice. More more birds. Four more birds. Let me get. Oh, everyone knows. Love, everyone loves this one. Five golden rings. Is that the Muppet version. Yes. That is the Muppet <laughs> version. Yeah. And then six call it, uh, six geese. Oh, Mac to birds. Six geese of the line. This person loves birds, or they should love birds. But we do the twelve days of Christmas. It goes from Christmas to a day called Epiphany. Epiphany. Can you say Epiphany? You can't say it. Epiphany. So we'll have them do it. turn to your. If you have a neighbor, turn to your turn to your neighbor and say Epiphany. Just watch the spit because it comes out uh, for Epiphany Yeah, we always think Epiphany the 12 days of Christmas are before Christmas but they're actually after Christmas see when Jesus came at Christmas time Jesus was, was, was made known to Joseph and to Mary and the shepherds and the angels but no one else in town really knew and no one certainly outside of Judea knew it was just right there But then we get the story of the wise men, the wise men who came from far, far away, and they came over to find baby Jesus. And that story is called Epiphany. Epiphany means we found it, or it's here. And Epiphany is a holiday that's celebrated across the world. We here in the U.S., we do Christmas big time. In other parts of the world, they do Epiphany big time. And Christmas is just a little blip. We're a Christmas kind of people here. But we still celebrate Epiphany. The 12 days, if you count it out, was yesterday. And so this is the last Sunday that we'll celebrate some of our Christmas stuff. And then tomorrow morning, we'll bring it down and we'll get ready for the regular, regular kind of year. But we get one more day, one more Sunday of Christmas. So that makes me happy. Can you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we give thanks for, for making Jesus known to us. Not just to shepherds, not just to wise men, but to everyone. Help us to be as open and as caring and as kind to those outside the faith, inside the faith, at home and abroad. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down. And as we give... (laughs) I wish I had some energy. Uh, to run like that. My, my wife asked, what are we doing today? And like, football's on. We're going to watch football. Uh, she goes, we got to do something else. All right, we'll figure it out. Um, as we come time to the offertory, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate in the giving to the ministries of this church. You make this place happen. You make the ministries happen. You make love happen. You make food happen. You make shelter happen. All the things that we do or because of your gifts. Join with me as we take today's offer to
1: lesson this morning is from psalm chapter 119 verses 1 through 3 and 97 through 106 blessed are those whose ways are blameless who walk according to the law of the lord blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart they do no wrong but follow his ways oh how i love your law I meditated on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from evil, from every evil path, so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws. For you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. May God add blessing to the reading of this word.
0: Be to God. Thank you, Jen. So it's it's been years ago now, but I remember a few of the lessons that I received when I got my pilot's license. I used to fly a little Cessna around, and I had to learn about the forces that affect a plane. You know, wings keep the you know the plane in the air, but the Forces make all this kind of happen, so here's here's your quick tutorial. So lift the wings give lift, and it's against gravity. Gravity is always pushing you down. Uh, thrust makes the plane go this way. So propeller, jet, rocket, whatever it is, and then drag is what wants to slow the plane down. Whether it's you know air friction, resistance, that kind of thing. And when the plane is in balance, you fly straight and level. That's that's what you want. <laughs> When when all the forces are are equal, uh, that's that's good. That's nice level flight. But I remember my flight instructor taking me up to eight thousand feet, and he says, "Guess what? Today we're going to stall this thing." I go, well, "That don't sound good." But what's I'm, and I'm thinking, "You're going to teach me how to crash the plane?" Uh, he goes, "No, no, no. Stalling is when the uh, you know, if you pull up on the on the on the throttle, and the plane goes up like this." There's a point where the, where the wings don't work because the airflow doesn't do what it's supposed to do and the lift is gone. And when lift is gone, gravity happens. And you, and you kind of down, which is why it took us up to 8,000 feet. It's like, well, I don't like this at all. It goes, well, you got to practice. So sure enough, we go, and it pulls up on the throttle, and up we go, and the siren, there's little sirens that go off that say, you're being dumb, don't do this. Uh, and then all of a sudden you just you go and it you just feel like you're falling like a roller coaster, like and then the plane goes down like this, and it kind of does a little spiral thing. This is not a good plan. But he's an instructor, and so he's actually just talking to me like an instructor while we are going down to our deaths. He goes, This is not an ideal way to fly a plane. I'm like, no kidding. He goes, in the sense. I'll never forget this. In, a, in the centuries-long battle of, of metal going hundreds of miles an hour and soft earth going nowhere, the earth is yet to lose. <laughs> Man, I hated that feeling. But you had to learn how to get yourself out of this when it happens. And so you actually kind of push down and you get the plane. You, the, the idea is to get the uh, air going around the wings so you once again have lift. And I liked how my instructor put it. There is no position that you could put this plane in that I can't get you out of. Like, good, good to know. Good to know. If you have enough altitude, you could fix almost anything. Level flight. Everything in balance. This morning's sermon is about finding balance. Some of us have lives that feel like we're spiraling out of control. Some of us don't have enough lift in our lives. Some of us find that drag in the morning is more than the gumption for us to get out of bed and face whatever it is that we face. For the next several months, actually, about 12 weeks, we're going to explore a few of the classic Christian spiritual disciplines that have shaped the lives of the faithful over these millennia. For the first four Sundays, we're going to look at inward spiritual disciplines, things that we could do by ourselves. The next four will be outward spiritual disciplines, things that we do for for the greater good for the community. And then the last four will be things that we just do together as people of faith. The sermon series is called Holy Living. You know, in my regular sermons, these are regular sermons too, but regular sermons, I, I might talk about God, I might talk about Jesus, certainly hit the scripture We might ask for the spirit, but honestly, if I never, if I never try to tell you how this relates to everyday life, how we personally connect to the divine, then I'm probably missing something as a pastor. So in these weeks ahead, we will look at the ancient Christian practices that we still use today to create holy living. And today's ancient practice, meditation. I could hear some of you snoring already. All right, a couple of you. All right. So just hang with me for a couple minutes. Pastor, meditation ain't for me, so I'm going to check out for the next 20 minutes. You know what? You're meditating while you do that, aren't you? Yeah, you're, you're thinking about stuff. Anyway, if you're like me, you might have this idea that meditation is, is a whole lot of doing nothing. Like doing nothing on purpose. Or trying to empty out your brain and become... Like, the universe does not exist. Or or you're trying to become one with the universe. Or you're trying to block everything out. Or or I am one with the force and the force is with me. I am one with the force and the force is with me. Uh, if that's meditation, honestly, I got better things to do with my time. When I was going through the credentialing process to become a pastor 20-some years ago... Uh, they asked me, we, we had to have interviews, and, and uh, I was sitting in the interview, and the guy's like, tell me about your ministry, because I was working at a church, and I, t- and I told them all the stuff we were doing. Oh, we were doing mission trips, and I was doing church camp, and we were doing Wednesday night dinners, and we were doing, uh, and, we, and they just listed out all the things, stuff. And the chair of my interview team said this, could you? Could you sit on a hillside underneath a tree from dusk till dawn, watch the the morning sun come up this, and watch the day pass away and watch the sun go down there? Could you just sit there and enjoy God's creation? And I figured the answer was yes. But then I added, but who wants to do that? Who's got time for that? There's stuff to do. There's ministry to do. Worship's to plan, people to save, people to feed. Uh, Who has time to sit around and watch the daffodils open up and the clouds roll by or the waves come in on the beach or the... Actually, this all sounds kind of nice now, doesn't it? Yeah. Huh. Maybe there is something to this meditation thing after all. The Psalms say this. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Meditation isn't nothingness. It's not about getting rid of everything around you. It's just being still in the present moment. Acknowledging. Thanking. Ruminating. Think of all the words that... Uh, meditation. Think of all the words that start with M-E-D. Aren't they about healing? Medical. Medicinal, medicate, medication, healing. We also find words that connect, connecting words. Medium, someone who can transcend another plane, right? Medium is the sh- shirt size between small and large. I have not had a medium in years. Or medium, or median, being the smack dab middle of something. Uh, The time period uh, we call medieval. I used to think it was mid-evil, like, ah, evil, ah. Uh, Medieval, it's the connecting period between the ancient world, the fall of Rome, and the Renaissance, the time in between. Some of us like to meddle, to get in between a few things or a few people. Mediator, a go-between. The medulla oblongata, right here. Uh, The thing between the brain... And the, and, the, and the spinal cord. If you like breathing, if you like your heartbeat, you want the medulla oblongata, the little part of brain in between. You get the idea healing and connection. Christian med- meditation is a structured attempt to become aware and reflect upon who God is in our life. We, we ruminate on our prayer or a scripture. We just take time to be still. Meditation isn't nothingness, but actually trying to fill you with what's going on in the moment. We spend most of our time not in the present. Now, the present is the only time that we get to live in right now, present, but most of us spend time in the past. We, we remember things that we said that we probably shouldn't have said. We remember harms that were done to us. We remember stupid stuff that we did once upon a time or still do today. The um, uh, last two weeks, two weeks ago, I gave a sermon, and, uh, and I misspoke, and I said something that was wrong. It wasn't even exaggeration. It was wrong. I said something about Nobel Peace Prize. We've had three. We've had three in, in, in the last couple decades. We had 18. I looked it up, and I felt it's on YouTube now forever that I said something wrong. My wife said, you just exaggerated like, no, no, it's just wrong. (laughs) It's wrong. But we think about all the things in the past, don't we? But you live in the present. Some of us think too much about the future. I'm all about planning. I'm all about thinking ahead. But some of oh, what keeps you up at night, thinking about what's coming up, 90% of what you worry about is never going to happen. And we totally miss on what's going on right now. I go to work, and I think about stuff at home. I go home, and I think about stuff at work. Be where you are, wherever that is. When uh, the Exodus story 1,600 years ago, uh, the burning bush story, uh, go let my people go. Uh, Go get my people out of Egypt. And Moses asked... Who shall I say? What Basically, what's your name? Who shall I say sent me? And do, do you remember God's name? God said, ooh, another sermon series. Got to do this one. <laughs> I am, I am, I am that I am. Seems like a cop-out answer. I am that I am. But it's present tense. It's not I was. It's not I will be. If you, if you live in the past, guess what? God's not there. If you live in the future, guess what? God's not there, at least not yet. Here. What do the experts call, call it nowadays? Mindfulness? Kind of like that phrase. If, if, medit- if, if a meditation freaks you out, just think mindfulness. So how do you do this meditation thing? It's not like the movies. It's not like a certain posture or chanting something like the... Um, Oh, it's not that. But it's just pausing, being still, listening. What is God saying to you right now? It's that simple. I wish I could make it more complicated for the people who like to complicate things. But there's no hidden mysteries. There's no secret mantras, no mental gymnastics. The truth of the matter is this. The creator of the universe... The one who made all things wants to have a relationship with you. He longs for it. He wants you to come back. Be still and listen. You could take a passage of scripture and ruminate it on it. You could chew on it for a day or for a week. You could pause each morning on the, well, let, me, let me say it like this. I got a buddy, another pastor friend, goes to work. When he leaves home, there's a tree. This, this is him. It's a little weird for me, but maybe it'll work for you. Uh, there's a tree, and he pauses at the tree, touches the tree. And in his mind, he puts all the problems and the worries of his home right there on the tree. And he goes to work, and he does his work stuff. And when he comes home, he stops at the tree, pauses, touches the tree, and he leaves all the problems and the worries and all the that, that happens at the work. Because when he goes inside, he wants to be there for his kids without thinking. Oh, I have to call this person. Oh, I have to do this. Oh, I have to do that. Uh, wherever you are, be there. We can pause, turn off the world around you a little bit, and just be. As you eat lunch, don't don't mindlessly just shove food in your mouth. Enjoy the food. It's a gift. Taste each morsel. You actually eat slower when you do this, and you'll just you'll enjoy it more, and your digestive system will thank you. Turn off everything in the house for a moment, and just listen to the silence. And you'll discover how loud the the, the lights buzz, or oh, I, I hear that TV on over there. Have you ever had this experience where uh, you're driving home? and the radio is on and the windshield wipers are going and, and you get home and you park it, you go inside and the next morning it's just all quiet and calm and you go in the car and you turn it on and the radio is really loud and the windshield wipers are going like oh my gosh this is what I was driving home last night in and it was, now it's disturbing uh, try to tune some of that stuff out be still The great heroes of of the faith had their meditative moments. Gave them clarity of mind. Gave them clarity of spirit. How many times did Jesus go on a mountaintop to pray? Elijah has his moment. Abraham had his moment. All the heroes of the faith, you you could find a time where they went away and just be still. I got time for this story. Next Monday... Uh not tomorrow Monday, but next Monday, I think is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, right? Some of you have the day off. Yeah. Uh what one of my favorite works of Martin Luther King Jr. is it's called Letter from a anyone know it? Oh yeah. All right. Birmingham Jail. Letter from Birmingham Jail. Uh it is the text for the civil rights movement. Uh He wrote it on a newspaper as he sat there. He didn't have any other paper. His uh, lawyer did give him a little scrap and he wrote some of the stuff out, but most of it was on a newspaper. And uh, it was soon published in the New York Post without his permission, then the Christian Century, and then the Atlantic Monthly. The Times was supposed to publish it, but they backed out at the last moment. Uh, We had to read it in high school. I remember having to read it in college. But uh, here's the rub. He never would have written it unless he had been in jail and you think well no duh he was in jail it's in the title Pastor Mike Birmingham Jail like, like of course he wrote it in jail no what I'm saying is he never would have taken the time to write the thing unless he was jailed because he was always preaching he was marching he was boycotting he was going here he was giving speeches there he was going here there and everywhere and finally at a, at a, at a place when he, was, he did a sit in they jailed him in Birmingham and he had to sit there and when you sit with yourself for a day, for a week, things become more clear. And, he actually, and during that moment, he wasn't going to write this. And, but during those moments in jail, he finally wrote out basically what they use for civil rights nowadays. Uh, check it out if, uh, if you haven't seen it before. Just be still. And know that I am God. I pray that you find time this week just to be. Find time to collect your thoughts and meditate on who you are today in this moment and connect with the one who made you. Think about it like this, and I'll go back to an earlier metaphor. There is no position that you can put yourself in that God can't get you out of. There is no position that you can put yourself in that God can't get you out of. It might not be what you like. It might not be what you expect. But I tell you, life is going to be okay. There's life after divorce. I've seen it. There's life after bankruptcy. I've seen it. There's life that goes on after the death of a loved one. I've seen it. You're going to be okay. Even if you are the one with the, with the, with the life scare and you don't know what tomorrow holds. It's going to be okay. There's life on this side. There's life on the other side. Just be still. And know that I am God. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a guide unto my path. Amen. Today's prayer... Is going to be a little different. Can I hear a gasp? Different, I know. This will be a little reflective moment. It goes along with the scripture and the sermon of meditating, and if uh, I, I hope you play along. In the Psalms, we hear, "Be still and know that I am God." So I invite you to take a moment and just be still. Find a comfortable position. If it's comfortable for you, you can close your eyes. If you'd rather just stand up in the back and 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 just kind of uh, go back and forth, that's fine too. There's no rules in this. We're just gonna have a quick meditative moment. Just allow the person next to you the freedom to be as they are and not to bother them with their own ways of being still. So as we start, just take a moment and relax your neck, your shoulders. Most of us don't realize how much tension we have in them. Just relax your arms, your hands. Take a moment and relax your legs and your feet. Think about your breathing. When we're busy or anxious, our breathing becomes shallow and rushed. But deep breathing relaxes us, it centers us. The scripture tells us that when when God made humanity in the beginning, God breathed into them the, the breath of life. The Greek word for breath is also the Greek word for spirit. So breathe in the Spirit of God slowly and completely. Breathe in deeply. Keep in mind that same pattern of, of slow and relaxed and deep breathing. I just want you to take a moment and, sl- and just silently consider the passage. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide unto my path. God of love on this path how are you inviting us to grow love in ourselves oh God of love on this path how are you inviting us to grow love in our families whatever our families look like Love on this path, how are you inviting us to grow love in our community? Oh God of love on this path, how are you inviting us to follow the way of Jesus? You are able, I invite you to place your hands in front of you, palms up, and just imagine all the worry and the stresses and the problems of today are now in these hands. Some of your hands feel light. Some of your hands feel heavy and burdensome. So now with your hands, take those problems and And just move your hands as if you're making a snowball out of your problems and worries. And like a snowball, just pack your fears and your stresses into the shape of a ball with your hands cuffed around these these negative feelings. And like the coldness of a snowball, we can feel these burdens send a, a chill into our spirit. now as we as we rub the snowball these these feelings of of inadequacy or insignificance just rub it smaller and smaller let that snowball get smaller and smaller as if the snow is slowly melting away just be still and know that god is god now rub it so small where your hands are just rubbing against each other and the ball is gone melted away you are you there is nothing wrong with you you are beloved I invite you to have your palms out one more time palms up the fears and the problems no longer fill you but as we continue to breathe let us ask God for what it is that you need to be filled with Maybe it's patience, maybe it's kindness, maybe it's for strength, or maybe it's for courage. Nature, both real and spiritual, abhor a vacuum, so with worries and stress gone, you need to fill your spirit with something else. So in your heart of hearts, take a moment and breathe and ask for what you need today. you O God for these moments of stillness help us to find time to breathe deeply of your spirit in the days and weeks ahead as one body we come together as one family to share in the sons one prayer our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven Thanks for playing along. I hope, hope you feel a little bit relaxed. Someone at the first service said, it felt like you were hypnotizing me. It's like, no, we would do the offertory after the hypnotizing. But uh, this was just ah, finding peace. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus was having supper with his friends. He was fully present. Thinking about what they needed at that moment. And he took the bread, and he gave thanks. And he broke it, and he said, Take and eat, all of you. This is my body shed for you. And after the meal, he took the cup and poured out the fruit of the vine. And he said, Take and drink, all of you. This is my blood shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in my name. The table is set. Please come forward. We got one more, one more Christmas song in us. What do you think? We got one more? Last one. Last one one for the season. My kids said, last one for the year. I said, no, not last one for the year. Because this year goes all the way through December. Ah, last one for this season. Let's stand and sing joy to the world, unspeakable joy.